That's the one thing all great teams have in common. Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese broken, you'd stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Black, 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. You're not just letting me down. You're letting your whole team down, too. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. Kevin is not here, but welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the Finnegan Mighty Ducks Podcast. We are back with another episode. Tommy is here. Kevin is not. Kevin's still deep in the jungles of Costa Rica somewhere. Uh, he should be returning next month, I think. I think that's the plan, at least. Sometime in September, I'm told. I will give him a duck call. So we had like a hacker try to get into the website and Kevin responded and he, he eventually figured it out. But yeah, this person had like added themselves and then like verified that they were legit. So I couldn't remove them. So it took Kevin a while, but he figured it out. So duck call to Kevin. I won't actually do it because my daughter is sleeping right now and my dogs would freak out. Uh, but honorary duck call to him before we get into the topic at hand. We had the news, obviously, what was it, last week? Tommy, you, we've not gotten your really reaction to it. So September 28th is the release date, but we get, we get a picture of these Mighty Ducks uniforms. Have you seen the uniforms? I have, and, you know, it's just got, like, that yellow block lettering, right? Right. Um. So I, I kind of look at it from a couple lenses. The first is like, oh, okay, well, this gets around any copyright because they're just, you know, <laughs> like there's no logo to speak of. Um, obviously, you got like a little throwback color going on, but where's the logo? So maybe there's going to be a reveal at the end or something. I don't know. Not mm. like Eden Hall. That's true. Yeah, maybe they take the logo away. And then the, the original D5 jerseys are just like something that comes back at the end of every season or something like that. I would... I would be okay with that. But if it's just like, these are the new jerseys or whatever, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. But other than that, I don't think there's much else to cover housekeeping-wise. Still working on trivia. Well, uh, we did get some episode names. Oh, right, right. We covered those. Um, I covered those with Jared, I believe. Yeah. I covered those with Jared. But, but yeah, I would love to hear um, your opinion on some episode names, your theories. All right. So I took a look at these and the first one that jumps out is spirit of the ducks part two. So I think it's safe to assume that we're going to get some cameos in that episode. You know, then the question is, are we going to have cameos in other episodes? You know, mm-hmm. does not make the most sense again with COVID filming protocols? Just have it all in that one episode. If someone's not necessarily like a full-time cast member, um, you know, I think we're just going to have to see what it's like, but obviously we'd love to see cameos throughout, but it seems like there's going to be like another episode, you know, kind of fully dedicated to the uh, old guys um, or the originals, mm-hmm. um, the new originals. But um, I think, you, you know, Mike alluded to is like, you can kind of see things, you know, icebreaker is the first episode. You do your fun icebreaker at camp, you know, are they actually going to be breaking on the ice, you know, hockey, you know, that kind of thing. Episode four draft day. We're going to have some kind of like you're drafting teams or something like that. I don't know. Um, and then you're going to have um, 
the the last three episodes are our name, but episode seven is that Spirit of the Ducks part two. So episode six is called Twigs. So is that a character's name? Is that some kind of like a play that's called? Basically, you can think maybe episode six is essentially kind of like the climax where you kind of get the main conflict there where it's, you know, Evan or whoever has to choose one way or the other way. And episode seven is where he makes his choice with the Ducks setting up eight, nine and ten. Um, so I think 10 episodes is great. Nice, good round number. Um, you don't want them to try to stretch, you know, eight episodes into 10 or 10 into 14 or something. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of the, in terms of the like flow of the season, that's something we hadn't talked about before, but that's kind of what happened in the first season. You had like Evan and the ducks was sort of the initial conflict. And then he's like, will he go back? Will he stay? He ends up staying. And then that sets up the last three episodes where, you know, you get the final meetings of them. So yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I think now that we're talking about twigs and obviously twigs, a hockey term for sticks, but you could also maybe lump in some characters into that, some side characters. So yeah, maybe Evan has to make another decision there again, where like, it's like, okay, do you go with, you know, the hot shot AJ Lawrence's team or uh, is he going to be your friend? Or are you going to stick with Nick or whoever? Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Good point on the spirit of the ducks. I do think now that you mentioned it, I do think it's going to be a one episode sort of self-contained cameo there where we're not going to have really much else uh, throughout the other 10 or nine episodes. Uh, and that seems to be a theme that, you know, the showrunners have talked about a lot where like they want a new generation of kids. They don't want to keep coming back to it. So I think it'll be a little bit of a, um, throwback in that one episode and then they'll try to still build out these characters so good stuff there uh anything else before we move on to our main topic um no let's get into it all right so this topic comes from tommy tommy was thinking about i guess gambling at some point and he um he brought up the topic so i'll let you sort of lay it out for us yeah, so I was just kind of thinking of this randomly walking into work um, within the last month. And so earlier this year, um, during the NCAA men's basketball um, tournament, um, I was in Las Vegas with Kevin. And um, when you're in Vegas, obviously, you might be um, inclined to do some gambling. Um, and, you know, one thing you do is you might bet on sports. So betting on the, on the, uh, the tournament's a lot of fun. And, and one thing I was thinking about is that, you know, essentially everyone there is putting some kind of flyer on like the 15 seeds, the 16 seeds, putting them as part of a parlay, whatever, even if it's just like a dollar mm-hmm. or like $5 and not necessarily just to cover the spread, but to, you know, pull up the upset. St. Peter's obviously gave a lot of people some, like probably some pretty good parlays. If you had that like sweet spot, you know, on the other side of the coin, if you had Kentucky going deep, you know, then maybe you were kind of screwed there. And so what I was thinking is, you know, what we've established in, in Mighty Ducks one, and then we can talk more about two and three is, you know, District 5, the worst team in this league, historically the worst. Mm-hmm. We, we've established that there's this league is kind of embedded with Hans, who's in the game and everything. So you also got to think that Hans is running numbers, doing some kind of bookkeeping, or he has guys. And so, and this league is definitely part of that. And we've also talked about, you know, was he juking the system essentially to get them to win? Um so assuming, you know, there were bets being put on this league, 
you've got to imagine some people just put you put a buck on the, the worst team. They win it all. It's great. You put 10 bucks, something like that. Maybe you've got money to, to spare. You put 100 or maybe, you know, um, even something bigger. Um, and so at the start of the playoffs or even the start of the season, someone made a big bet because, again, we've established that this league, it gets all kinds of like front page sports play for whatever <laughs> reason. And, you know, essentially, you know, early 90s sports newspapers, you could argue that's the height of their um, the, the real height of their like circulation numbers. Um, and so we're going to get a lot of betting action on that. Um, akin to you've seen stories of someone took a flyer on, you know, a Leicester city to win the premier league, you know, seven, eight years ago, and they made so much money. Or, um, if they put, um, a few years ago, it was like someone put like three grand on Texas tech to win the title. They advanced to the title game. And like, so all these, like the, uh, the bookie essentially was offering them a semi payout, which they didn't take. Um, but anywho, so you got to wonder who got rich off of this in D1, and then we could also talk about D2 and D3, and how involved was Hans, and was this part of it all along? Was Hans looking to make one last big, you know, big cash grab here um, before, you know, getting out of the game and faking his own death? Yeah, no, it's all coming together. Um, now and he's my... not there for D2, so he made his money and split? Right, right, because my first thought was like, oh, oh who's betting on a Wee game? Um, but as you mentioned first, you know, it's on let's play hockey. Hans obviously cares about this a lot. He could have the whole setup and then he manipulates Bombay into coaching the ducks and turning this whole thing around, gives them the equipment there. I think Hans is definitely, I think Hans could have gone two ways. He could have said, this is my league. Like I'm shutting out the betting here. But it seems a lot more likely that he was running the action and then somehow profited off this action um, with, you know, setting up this whole run with Bombay to come in, wear thick socks, Gordon, turn the team around. Like, why is he even at that game in the first place where he's just, you know, watching Gordon freak out and not being a good coach? Uh, so he runs the whole thing. You, Hans is a smart guy. He's not going to necessarily be placing his bets on his own if he's running a league or, and he's not probably running the sports book. He's probably like, I, I don't take bets for this league because I am involved, you know, up and up. However, other bookies would take it. Yeah. And so he would have a proxy put these bets for him. Um, and, you know, same thing with the championship game. You got, I mean, that's a sold out arena. Yeah. People are betting on that game. You got to believe. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder, you know, what would the odds be? for like district five to win the state championship and so like who's like the worst nfl team right now uh the texans that was a shot at tommy a little bit but yeah. the no, lions? No, they're, they're, lions are also, also pretty bad gosh we don't have very many good teams and so i, I just pulled up a, a random you know kind of handicap and, and the texans are um you know the uh the longest odds it looks like um at plus twenty five thousand. Um, oh god um the falcons were at plus twenty thousand. this was on july 25th um basically um and so no, sorry last updated um today i guess yeah um but lions plus fifteen thousand. they're also pretty long odds and this is odds to um you know super bowl odds so i imagine just winning the super bowl and the uh the bills and bucks are the um the top two so beginning of the season you only have was it 10 teams 
Yes. So those odds are going to be like way, way down there, but you right. got to feel that district five, they haven't even scored a goal. Right. So you're looking at, you know, 10,000 to one at least, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. Or, or a, or a plus a hundred thousand. I don't know. We probably won't do that much, but essentially if you bet a hundred dollars on district five to win the league before the league starts, you would have a very nice payday. We're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest question is who's who's running this book, this underground book, and I guess it's Hans. Hans has some sort of connection who, to this guy who's running this book, or maybe he's sort of secretly financing it or whatever. But what I think we're pulling Hans and saying he's not actually running the book, but he's involved somehow. So it's how much of a bankroll does he have here? I do feel like it's sort of this like underground rich guy squid gamey type betting going on in this peewee league where like these guys just do it for the fun. So, so maybe there is some money there, but yeah, I mean, you would figure it's at least hundred to one. They, like you said, they haven't even scored a goal. Their coach had a heart attack. They didn't have a coach, you know, I guess midway through the season heading into the season. Um, so I guess that's a good question too. What, where would be the best odds for district five? Would it be at the beginning of the season? Would it be when they were, oh, and whatever, and their coach died? Like, where would you want to jump on district five? I'd say either then, or if, if they move odds each week or something, like after they lose the Hawks, you know, 16, nothing or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's when you do it. Um, but you got to think beginning of the season, that's when the odds are the worst, but at the same time, you know. Would they, after they lose 16 nothing, could they give them worse size to try to build up the um, the action a little bit? Um, so, and also, like anyone who like bet the farm on the Hawks, Hawks, who's always bet on the Hawks, mm -hmm. they're out. And but you got to imagine there's some interesting prop bets for this league because if the Hawks <laughs> always win, yeah, you, know, you, you gotta you, you gotta get an action going some other way. Um, so it's like who's gonna score District Five's first goal? I, I can imagine that being one of them. Now, mm -hmm. who does score? Is it um? I mean, technically, Jesse, I think the announcer says Guy, or that might be reversed, but we'll, yeah, I we'll call Jesse it scored the first goal. And, and so, like, you know, you can imagine people betting on that as well. But since they add players right through the season, it's a little bit tricky. Yeah, because you have, you have them adding players, you have them adding a coach, but you also have the Panthers getting the measles, which would I think would, you know, I lessen their odds. Mm, uh, and would that nullify any any bets as oh, well? Probably not. Point. It's just like, hey, you know, act of God, you can't Right. You know, shit happens. Yeah. Now, obviously they, if you were betting on like a game and they couldn't play, you know, maybe they're okay. Yeah, maybe I guess it depends on how I how nice this bookie is. Like maybe that anybody who's bet on the Panthers gets a little something back or something. But yeah, I think throughout they would keep this going. Um, so I do think $100 bet, you're, you're pulling in, what would you say, at least 1000 if they win? Oh, significantly more, I'd say, because that would just be 10 to 1 odds. Now, you got to imagine true. the Hawks are probably like 1 to 10 or something like, like something ridiculous. Right. You know, I would say it's like at least 50 to 1. Right. That you makes know, sense. Um. Like at a minimum, and again, because it's a smaller league, the odds might be a little bit different. But Hawks are going to be overwhelming favorites, and this isn't even like 
the Huskies. This is District 5. Right. And so, you know, it'd be very interesting. And I, I did want to look a little bit at um, when uh, we're at a season, sorry, excuse me, uh, D2. Mm-hmm. You know, Iceland and USA are favorites. Same thing when Iceland waxes USA 11 to 1. What does that do to people? Like, does Tibbles see just like, oh, shit, you know, I was telling everyone to bet the farm on on Bombay, and they... Yeah. I mean, I I could see Tibbles being involved in this. I could see Tibbles dropping some money, and, like, that's why he's so upset when they lose. He needs them to win it all, and, you know, but... And they they do win it all, of course, but... Mm -hmm. um, I think everything on on Iceland also would not have worked out. So yeah, D two is interesting because it's like it's a national competition. It's televised like throughout. Do people will bet on anything? Right. Like I think there's a lot of action there. Like, are you allowed to bet on like the Little League World Series and stuff like that? Like no. Okay. Um, but that's you know people have bet on it before. Right. Um, a little house pool, something like that. Everyone pay a dollar. Whoever wins, you get the pool. Things like that. Um, there's money changing hands. Um, essentially, any sporting event that's televised right. um, at, at any level, um, even if it's big or small, whatever. Now, it's not going to be at like an official Vegas sports book for the Junior Goodwill Games one day. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet as a society. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this was front page of USA Today. People are looking at it. Yeah. USA Today's, they um, they've got handicappers, things like that. Someone's making money off of this, and someone's losing money. Yeah, yeah. I think D one, you have sort of like a local underground rich guy betting. D two, I don't, I don't know who the market is. Is it just a bunch of you know smaller, you know independent ish bookies that are you know around the country? Like who's who's getting in on the action here? Is it is it just like the average gambler, are we talking European? I guess if you go European, it's Ooh. a little more lax there. So maybe there's some bets over there on D2. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely bets in, in Europe and, you know, Iceland, maybe they're getting a lot of play. They're like, hey, these, like, you know, these Americans or whatever, they don't know yet that Iceland is that great, you know, because again, we've established that Iceland has zero hockey pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, maybe they were, you know, at the beginning intro, they talk about how great Iceland is. So maybe they like destroyed qualifying or something like that. Um, but maybe there's a sports book that didn't quite understand it. Or like, again, you find that sports book that just doesn't have the handicapping. It's why you can get rich, you know, years ago, like if you were betting like women's basketball, WNBA, because, you know, it, it takes a talented handicapper for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like your, your thought that, you know, in Europe, there's a lot of action on the junior goodwill games. Yeah, that's a great point in terms of like who's making the money. I do think Honda's in Europe in D2. <laughs> that's true too. That's true too. He's gone, fakes his own death. I guess eventually comes back for D3. But yeah, maybe he's raking it in in Europe too because he knows, okay, Team USA is a favorite. But Iceland, who is not as, you know, as we talked about, prestigious. You can still make some good money in terms of betting the lines there and betting individual games on Iceland. Um, so I, I, I think Hans might switch it up, take Iceland early, and then start to realize he's getting info from Jan at the same time. I think this is all 
tracking back to Hans making. I think Hans makes a lot of money on Iceland, and then for the championship game, he bets it all on USA, and it pulls off. Like, and he and he might also say something like, um, like in Harry Potter, where they say that um, you know, Crumb catches the snitch, but Ireland wins the um, Mm. Quidditch World Cup. Spoiler. (laughs) Um, and and it might be something like, hey, uh, Julie the cat, like enters the game and is like you know one of the three stars of the game or something like that mm-hmm. um so i can definitely see him having a very specific bet there too where he just cleans yeah. up again he's got the intel yeah he's got the inside source in jan he he maybe he's he's telling jan about the jersey trick and everything like that to like really have that in his back pocket in case things go south so i think this is all on hans making a lot of money um, do we think anybody, anybody from D1 or D2 is involved at all? Is, is Riley involved at all? Is there anybody else that you can see? I don't know. You can imagine Banks' dad, maybe he and his buddies gamble, like, yeah. um, a little slimy. Um, not that gambling is, is slimy, but it can be if it's not, um, properly regulated. Um, so office pool there, um, you know, we've wondered what happens, you know, um, to uh, Terry, <laughs> you know, the, uh, he get involved. Was he trying to do some kind of inside betting between one and two? I don't know. Wow. Wow. Just shots at Terry. I like it. My he first... wants to make some money. <laughs> My I first... admire it. Yeah. My first thought was Phil Banks as well. Like, because he's. He's way too. I obviously it's his son playing. He's like an overbearing dad, but he seems a little more invested even in the game than he should be. Even though he's wearing Hawks gear at the championship, but you would figure he's got some money riding one way or another. Now, does he bet Ducks or Hawks in the finals? Oh, he bets Hawks. <laughs> uh, and he's been betting Hawks this whole time, and that's really the reason because he doesn't love his son, <laughs> um, which we've established. He's wearing Hawks gear because yeah. he bet on the Hawks the entire time. Now, is he also the kind of guy who hedges his bets, whatever? Mm. You know, is he a Hawks fan? So he, he always puts like five bucks in the other team. So it's like either way, he's happy. But no, I don't think he is. I, I think he hates his son. Or he just doesn't, he doesn't hate him. He doesn't love him. Um, yeah. He, he just loves the Hawks and he loves this little gambling ring he's got. Um, so he bet it all on the, on the Hawks. Now, I guess the other side of the coin is, did he secretly bet on the Ducks in the championship? He's wearing all of his Hawks gear to kind of throw people off. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. You know, he's, I think he sees Adam as like a tool for him to, you know, he sees him as a payday. Like, so he, he's cheering for Adam, but yeah, as he's wearing his Hawks gear, uh, didn't even go like neutral or anything. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he bet on the Ducks at the end. I, I don't think he was confident enough to bet on the Ducks at the end. I think he, he said, okay, if the Hawks win, I make my money. If the Ducks win, obviously he doesn't know Adam's going to get hurt, but then like my son wins and it increases his, you know, reputation as a huge player in the league, uh, increases his recruiting profile. So I think that that's his move there. He sticks with his Hawks bet and then, uh, you know, he's okay with losing there at the end. Yeah. I guess he's, is he on the ice at the end celebrating? I don't think so. I'd have to go back and review the documentary. One would hope he's like in the ambulance on the way to the hospital with his son, but he might be like, I need to like, I need to watch this game, you know? Right. Right. 
Now, if we go to D3, is there any money on the JV varsity showdown? So, um, as like silly as this sounds, I think it'd be tougher to find action on JV games than you would uh, yeah. this Pee Wee League. Um, kind of given the ground rules we've set, again, people will bet on anything, but who who's really going to take that? Right. Um, now, varsity JV showdown, you also got to think maybe there's um, kind of like legalized gambling in a sense at Eden Hall, where it is like more of just kind of like mayors of cities will bet things, you know, during mm-hmm. the Super Bowl or whatever, something like that, where freshman class versus senior class or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and maybe not an official bet, like I'm betting, you know, 10 lunch tickets on this, but it's like there again, people. The stakes are not just this team beat that team, right? Um, and then Eden Hall prep hockey. I imagine there's some there's some betting going on. You know, it's if it's a small town, people bet on high school games, things like that. So there, there's betting going on on the varsity team. I, I can't imagine there being a lot of takers for JV. I would agree with that. I do think there's some action as you mentioned on the jv varsity showdown yeah maybe the freshman teachers bet the varsity teachers or something like that but you would they would have to have some sort of spread like you're not expecting the jv to beat the varsity but maybe this is a special case where like the tensions were running high so people picked uh one or the other i could also see some some off the book student pools going on with the jv varsity showdown where you know josh the announcer's running his own thing where it's like five bucks varsity five bucks for the JV, whoever, who are you taking that kind of stuff. So a lot of action going back and forth. I think I feel like Josh is definitely like, he would be someone who got into like five thirty eight early. I could see him yeah. being like a big numbers guy, right? you know, wants to work for a baseball reference or something like that. I can see him being like a professional gambler, like just like with the numbers and, or even being like, you know, he goes to Princeton, he's a math major, and he, and he works for like a, a baseball team or something, crunching numbers. Yeah, I think that is Josh's path. Uh, so I guess to recap, we're saying in terms of who wins big, Hans is the number one winner. Does anyone else, you know, really profit off their gambling either for or against the Ducks? I think in, in their time in Minneapolis, there are like, there are some guys who like, Hey, just won 200 bucks on this hockey game. Like first <laughs> rounds on me, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for junior Goodwill games, there's some people in Europe making some money on Iceland until the championship. Mm. Um, and then Eden Hall, I think, like you said, there's it kind of like just within the school, you know, who do you like, blah, blah, you know, varsity or, or JV showdown. You wonder, Josh is sophisticated, so he would be offering odds. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd also like have like who scores or whatever, who scores the game winning goal. And he would definitely have something on like um, on Goldberg. And so mm-hmm. someone made money on Goldberg scoring that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think Josh is the big winner um, in terms of just having his bookkeeping business going. But yeah, I do think random Eden Hall student uh, wins big on, on Goldberg or just because he, you know, it was like a joke bet or something like that. Uh, and and even if like there's not much money, maybe he got Paul Korea to donate a signed jersey. Oh, he's giving away memorabilia. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. All right, anything else on this gambling? 
of the mighty no, I, I do. Uh, I do wish Kevin was able to be here for this episode. I think he'd have a lot to offer. Um, but we wish him well in, in Costa Rica. I can't wait to see how sunburnt he is when he gets back next month. <laughs> there you go. All right. We are coming up on time. So we're going to skip the question. But you know what to do. Thequackatech.com. Go there. Contact us. At Quackatechpod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Quackatechpod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us who you think won big money betting on or against the Ducks. And thanks to all our producers. Josh is still the most recent producer. I still need to get Josh's stickers, but Josh, we appreciate you. And if you want to join Josh or all the rest of our producers, there's a link in the show notes. Join the Discord. Discord. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack a deck is back, Jack. Ooh, yeah.